Welcome to Stellar Discussions, a podcast by Public Node members. Public Node is a nonprofit organization led by Stellar community members working together to support the open and inclusive Stellar network. I'm Brian Goldberg. And I'm Daniel Fisher. Welcome to the podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about gaming and in particular, blockchain gaming, mobile apps on your phone or native uh, website uh, games. But blockchain gaming is a really interesting topic, has a variety of, of definitions. If you look at the original Crypto Kitties, it had this very purist definition of everything needs to be on chain and decentralized, the whole game, all the graphics, everything, which to me didn't make very much sense why you're building out a game and, and colors and, and movement on a ledger. And then there's kind of a, a more modern definition of blockchain gaming, less purist which is using blockchain to represent the assets in a game, the digital assets, the, the mushroom that you get, you know, to get bigger if you're Mario or the coins that you get in a game. And then, I, and then there's kind of some definitions that are somewhere in the middle. Now, Daniel, I think you know a little bit about uh, the history of blockchain gaming. Not about so much the history of blockchain gaming, but the idea that uh, I do think there's a really good use case for blockchain gaming and like how to use it right. Um, and I think uh, Lightmint, is really exciting because Lightmint is using it. And I'll let you talk a little bit about that, about why you think what they're doing right uh, and, and, and such and how they're using it for what it's really best for, which is exchanging value of the blockchain and exchanging items even. But uh, there's a use case for it that I just haven't seen a lot yet. And I'd like to talk a little bit about it just because I'd like to see someone do it, run with the idea a little bit. Maybe you should talk first about... About Lightman. Uh, yeah, about Lightman. Yeah. yeah, why don't you talk yeah. about Lightman? Yeah. I, I, re I really enjoy playing Lightman. So Lightman is, is doing it right because they are using blockchain to represent the assets. And in this case, they're collectible cards in the game. That belongs on a ledger. That makes sense. I mean, how cool is it that you can collect this card you can immediately trade it to other people. You can own it, hold on to it, or you can exchange it for real money, right? Because it's it's on chain. And so it, it adds a kind of a democratic level to the assets that are produced. You can see there will always be X number of this card or X number of that card. It creates a new level of interactivity with the user that it's, it's not just the, the creator of the game's world, but your world as well. The other thing Lightning is doing that's really cool is they're introducing gamers to the world of blockchain. Gamers that are coming in through Facebook and other social media platforms, logging into the game, and then being softly introduced to the concept of, by the way, this is your card and you are responsible for it. It's on a non-custodial wallet. It's your card, you are holding it. And they softly introduce what that concept truly means to them. Yeah, so I, I think Lightmint's doing it right. I like the idea that they're digitizing the, the items that people have been playing to get and then letting people exchange it. And actually, I think we saw um, some huge actually game developers, so Blizzard, kind of realize that people are working really hard for the assets in their games and they they didn't put it on blockchain they actually did it um, with their diablo franchise and what they did was they let people the items that they collect they would let them sell them for real us dollars and exchange them and the reason why they did that is because any game where players are exchanging items whether it's gold or yeah that that mushroom that makes you bigger as you were saying 
or any item in the game, any any time that players can exchange them with each other, they're going to find a way to do that. And they're either going to use legitimate sources straight through the game maker, or they're going to find and go through eBay or maybe even some uh, websites that that might be actually might have a chance of being fraud or actually ripping people off. And so what Blizzard did is they saw gamers were doing this. They wanted to exchange their items. They wanted to buy that item that someone else found and they wanted to make their character stronger. And so instead of having um, a lot of kids actually, frankly, go to the web and try to find where to buy these items and put in their Visa cards or parents' Visa cards or even their Visa cards into some probably some potentially scamming websites, they said, why don't we just officially do it through our interface and let people sell their items for an auction that was part of the, the actual game. So they did that for about two years. They did it in 2011 is when they started and they did it for two years. It worked pretty well. I think some people felt that it kind of killed some of the game, the heart of the game, because they said uh, it almost turned into a auction game rather than actually a game to go out and, and get items and, and such. So but I don't think that means that the idea is bad. Actually, I think if anything, people said the idea is happening and it can actually can add safety to the game if it was put on a blockchain like Stellar. It could even be the gold in the game. Uh, and actually, I'm kind of surprised we haven't seen some people kind of run with that concept and, and start it up and put it on Stellar and just make it a little safer and make it easier for people to exchange, like you said, for dollars, for Bitcoin, for any source of value that they want. It could be safer for everybody. Daniel, what do you think Diablo missed out on by just having their items, you know, on their private exchange, on uh, their private database versus having it on a blockchain? You know, I think, I mean, these games are global games. So for the same reasons that why Stellar is created is seamless, borderless transactions. So I think you know, they could only open it up to certain regions, potentially even the United States. I'm not sure if they went further than that. And it was only for US dollars. So it left out every other currency but US dollars. Clearly today, it, it would leave out every other cryptocurrency that was available. And it also created friction between gamers that might be located in Europe or Asia with the gamers that were located in the United States or anywhere else in the world. Yeah, there's definitely that very practical use case of cross-border and who has the, the asset and in what country. But I think by not putting down a blockchain, they were missing out on creative unknown use cases. You know, for example, trading assets between two different games that are that are on the same blockchain. And just you, you don't know what users are going to do when you open up the market like that, put an asset on a blockchain. Personally, I'm working on a project that allows you to pay for uh, your coffee or something small with your Stellar wallet. If these assets were on a blockchain, you could walk into a store and in an instant exchange your game piece for a stable coin and the stable coin to go to the shopkeeper. You could literally pay for your coffee after playing for 20 minutes on a game. And I mean, that, that could feel really good to a gamer. And, you know, it could really bring in the millions and millions of people in the gaming community over to the blockchain community. I hate to reuse the word, but really make a game of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think what, actually what you said is is really smart. I think even the coffee shop, I mean, that's that's brilliant. But I mean, I know some of the game developers have issues just even having assets cross 
consoles from like console right. to PC to the different to Xbox to PlayStation. So even that there's some friction within their own system that uh, it makes it so it's hard to change items. And so I think what you're saying is just taking it many stellar levels beyond that. It, it can't even cross uh, consoles, but it could go to your local coffee shop and turn it into a coffee. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. And kind of the, the, the future scenario for me is you have your stellar wallet and on that, you have your assets, right? You have your collectible games, you have your pocket change, you have a large amount of money that's maybe more secured with, with multi-signer. You have your gold tokens that represent physical gold somewhere in a vault. You have all your assets that you might pass on to your, your children all held on, on a wallet. And it really doesn't matter what happens to your country or your country's currency or if you know, honestly, if something bad happens to your country or if, you know, people start getting scared, it removes that risk when you hold on to your own assets. Why don't we just bring interoperability to everything, every source of value that we have, which I think is what Stellar's really trying to achieve. And I think it can. I, I love that Lightmint is is doing this and jumping in there, but I'm actually a little surprised that they're going at it kind of alone right now. They're, they're really leading the way. I'm surprised that we haven't seen through even the Stellar Community Fund, see somebody pick their favorite game and start digitizing these assets on Stellar. It's actually pretty easy for somebody to do because it's not like they have to become a bank. You know, someone will have to trust them that they're going to deliver on whatever it is. But even let's say, so there's a game called World of Warcraft. It's also made by Blizzard. I'm surprised we haven't seen anybody that digitizes the gold on there and basically becomes an anchor on Stellar through their character, where you trade the character some gold, and then that person, whoever's running that character, digitizes that gold and puts it on the Stellar network. Then when it passed back to the character, that character can then hand the gold back to some other character. So, And it's not just that game. There's tons of games. And I'd really like to see more people doing that. I think that actually, as you said, brings the gamers into blockchain. And I think once people start seeing its use and yeah, play 20 minutes and go buy yourself a coffee, that's going to open up a lot of eyes of the potential of what Stella's really trying to create. I think what you're talking about is, is even the reverse, bringing blockchain people to the games. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Flipping it on its head. So, yeah, so that's really interesting. It doesn't need to be your game. You could go to a popular game and tokenize their asset as long as you don't break their terms of service. A bit of a risk by being a separate entity from the actual game is that they have their own terms and so on and so forth. If a big company was to tokenize the asset themselves, they kind of remove themselves a bit from the asset. They're it, it, it's a little bit of freedom. It, it really shrinks the terms of service and it says this isn't a free-floating asset to do whatever you want with. Maybe some of the game companies are a bit scared of that. It's just like with banks. That'll change if, if other people do it first. Yep. No, I agree. And, and you nailed it with the terms of service. That is the issue. There's a lot of game developers that in their terms of service say you don't own anything, any of those digital items. Not all game developers are like that, but a lot of them do. It really isn't allowed to be sold, but people still do it. So it, instead of fighting it, you know, kind of the music industry stopped trying to fight uh, some of the digital um, assets and, uh, you know, with Spotify and having streaming and, and they just had to rethink themselves. It's already happening. If you type in in Google and you say, wow, gold, you will get dozens of entities that are selling it, whether it's on eBay or uh, just through their website, they are actually selling the assets today. I think I think you're right. If the game developer themselves did it, that's probably the easiest way and, and the safest way because they truly are the anchor. But 
someone could create a website and actually just do a really good job with it and actually just run it for the game developers, basically become you know, a trusted source and help implement it and have it across many different games and basically be that anchor that is hopefully sanctioned by the producer, but they don't necessarily have to do it themselves. And in this this kind of crazy, bizarre world uh, that, that that you're talking about, if we're talking about business models, you can even be a market maker and use a trading bot and be someone that helps create liquidity in a market, earn some money and make some gamers happy that they could cash in and cash out of uh gaming assets. As soon as you have a free floating asset, it creates so many opportunities for a variety of of business models. Yeah, I I think you're right. And I think, you know, I mentioned Blizzard a lot just because they're huge and I used to play the Blizzard games. But I think Jed McCaleb said it right recently. You don't want to go for the big guys. You know, it's slow. It takes a while to break into that. He even said it's a waste of time for granted. He's thinking about stable coins or basically currency assets. But um, I think he's onto something there is there's a lot of game developers and there's a lot of game developers that could use more attention on their games, right? And uh, they probably be more likely to adapt and try new things and try to embrace this new technology and get more people looking at their game at the same time that getting more gamers looking at blockchain. So to kind of circle this this back around uh, for, you know, for anyone that Got a little bit lost here. What we're talking about is taking a digital gaming asset, something in the game, and turning it into a a free-floating asset that doesn't belong to the game anymore. It's an asset that can be bought and sold. And you should definitely check out Lightmint because they are doing it. I've talked to Frederick, the creator of Lightmint, and he's trying to create a platform for other gaming companies. If you're creating a game, if you're an independent game developer, and you want the asset in your games to be able to be bought and sold and traded and creative things happening with it, definitely reach out to him or or reach out to us at Public Node and we can talk further with you about what this is. But pretty out there concepts. It is, but it's a... Uh... I think it's just a natural marriage. They just they work really well together. They're they're already digital assets, right? Once they're on the game, they're they're already there. We're just making them interoperable with every kind of asset. And people who are running the games, they are game developers, and if they wanted to. It'd be child's play for them to do, right? They could just everybody could benefit from it. Wouldn't it be great to have a, a game developer on here with Frederick, and we could all just chat about it and some of the hurdles, and maybe even talk to some of the game uh, makers that. I want to really start trying this. Try something new. Uh, that would be that would be great. And and the interoperability we haven't even talked about so much, but that that's a huge piece of it. How cool would it be on the podcast live to trade a gold in a game for actual physical gold? You know, one one gram of physical gold is equal to a hundred coins in this game you know and that means your game is actually pretty popular and well liked that's kind of mind-blowing actually i mean that, that's like that's it's it is it's it, we just turned by doing that you turn the whole thing on its head we're talking we normally talk about taking physical assets and digitizing them and now we're talking about taking digital assets and physical and turning them into something physical that is there's not even a word for it yeah exactly physicalizing <laughs> <laughs> what is that that's awesome well i hope you all enjoyed the podcast as much as we did uh, any closing words, Daniel? You know, we just love making these things. We are looking for people to reach out to to us and let us know what do you want us to talk about. We know people have been downloading our podcast, and I hope the sound quality is a little better this time. We're learning and growing, and we want to do it together, and we want to do it with the Stellar community. So please reach out to us. Let us know what you liked. Let us know how we can improve, and come join us. Words from the one and only Mago Fox. Thank you all for listening. Thank you. Thank you.